Uh, welcome to another edition of Comics Grinder. This is Henry Chamberlain. I'm speaking with artist Dave Pressler. He has a new show featuring his uh, ongoing cast of robot characters at the uh, Telluride Arts HQ Gallery in Telluride, Colorado. Dave, you have a, a very impressive career, and we'll explore as much as we can. Uh, thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so the, I, what I see as the big theme for your current show is the latest wave of, of job displacement and we're, that we're going through right now. Uh, and for the rank and file, I include myself right in there. Uh, it's all uh, very messy and frustrating on, on different levels. Uh, uh, for me, I can't even wrap my mind around going through the checkout line at the grocery store. Is that, <laughs> is that an issue for you? Or? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, well, one, I've always been, I've always liked to use robots and creature characters um, in my art and in, uh, um, like, my animation and, and things, only because I, I'm not that good at drawing people, but I also found that sometimes when you um, take a character and you make them more into an other than human creature or character, there's something that kind of gives you a little bit more freedom for people to reflect on uh, the human condition or the behaviors of a character in more of an objective way uh, for, uh, you know, absorbing humor and making, uh, uh, well, I guess, observations about the human condition. And so uh, being that now that we're kind of uh, leading into, well, we're kind of in the middle of it, um, the, another industrial revolution involving AI and robots, it seems like uh, uh, one of the things, it, it seems like it's not talked about enough, but also, like you said, doing things like going to the checkout line and, and other things that you're trying to automate, uh, it, it's, it's frustrating because it's just not quite right yet. Mm -hmm. Just not quite there yet. And <laughs> one of the things that all my robot characters are and do is they're also not quite there yet. <laughs> you know, they're not the uh, invention that's making their lives easier. I think in this latest show, which I'm calling um, the right tool for the job uh, of look at the future of the industrial robot revolution, is you find that in uh, given enough time, they're going to be just as disgruntled and unhappy with their jobs as, as a lot of us are, too. Right. Um, now, for those who might not know or, or might need more information on this, uh, I think this is an inter interesting question because you're right in the thick of uh, what's known as the lowbrow art movement, and you have stars like Scarlett Johansson buying your work. Uh, what can you tell us about the, the, the themes and sensibility of lowbrow art? It, it's all around us, uh, maybe more in bigger cities, but, but it's definitely reached a tipping point and beyond. Most people are aware of it on some level. What, how would you describe it? Uh, I think I think one of the primary definitions that's always been a part of lowbrow art is that it's someone who, who does not come from formal training. Um, now, this, of course, is a is a um, kind of a, a, a gray area because you know some people it's like they 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 can be have formal training but still be outside of the um, the mainstream of like gallery art or what would be called elevated serious artists. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I never did take any formal training. I never, I mean, everything I learned, either I learned from someone or I, I studied it in a book or uh, watched a, a video online. Um, I mean, even though I'm talking about, like, my art career started way back in the 90s before uh, 
I did a lot of improv comedy. I did a lot of theater. And I, what I think that helped was is, is I got into the nuts and bolts of creating a character. And when you embody a character and the decisions and the choices and the emotional motivations um, when you're reading a script and breaking it down, so that when I started to get into character design on, and animation, suddenly all that stuff I'd learned as, as a theater person, as an improv comedy person, started to meld together with the art pretty well. Um, and then I, I got more into animation, and uh, uh, then once I, I, I was kind of found out that that was a really great world to be in. Um, so even getting there, uh, I still did gallery shows and all those, those types of um, uh, exhibitions and, and, and other art that was not, like, not involved with my animation work. Even I'm a professional artist by day, professionals in parentheses, um, <laughs> professional artist by day, I still consider myself part of the uh, lowbrow community because it just, we, you know, I still come from no place of formal training, just kind of trial and error. Um, uh, I think that the, the unique thing about Los Angeles, though, that feeds into the kind of lowbrow, um, even pop, if we, we want to say like pop art, Mm -hmm. um, uh, phenomenon is you do have a lot of people that do artwork during the day either you're in animation you're in production design maybe you uh, work on films and movies and special effects or um, in a, a, a you're, you know um, art direction whatever and so then you're talking about people who have profession and then when you see the gallery work it's what they've chosen to do uh, you know when not like left to their own devices, and so I think it's it just is going to be it's going to be a very interesting take. You're going to get a lot more interesting uh, ideas and expressions um, than if you're coming from kind of a like you know from from you know mainstream gallery uh, work or something like that. Well, working off what you've just said, uh, is uh, your co-creation of Robot and, and Monster a, a kind of a hybrid of, of what you're doing in a professional setting and what you're doing as your passion work? Is, is that yeah. bringing some, it's integrated with all sorts of things going on in your life, huh? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Robot and Monster was, um, uh, we're going to roll all the way back to 2006 when uh, uh, it came from, um, there was a gallery show, and I can't remember, it had, they had a theme, they had like a, a leap-off theme, which was, or a prompt, and it was kind of like, tor I think it was tortured friendships or tortured relationships, so I painted a triptych of this robot and this monster who were best friends, and it was always just their tortured relationship, where the monster was obviously very feeling and emotional, and the robot was just kind of like, eh, you know, all right, we're friends, you like, you know, reluctantly holding his hand and stuff like that. Um, and then we go a few years forward to where I'm working on that concept. And, and one of the things when, when I work on a concept, what I mean is, is since I'm not really a writer, what I'll do is, I, I find one of the best, and I recommend this for all artists, that if you have like a theme in your head um, or characters, and you just keep sculpting them, painting them, painting them in different scenarios, it really does kind of flesh out their relationship bit by bit. 
So by the time 2008 rolled around and someone at Nickelodeon with a VP of uh, new programming looked at my website and just said, seen all of my work and said, do you want to come in and have a, a general meeting, just a general meeting to see what you want to do? And I said, yeah. And then when I went in, I was fully prepared to pitch this idea of this robot monster that live in this weird robot monster world. And they loved it. Um, they uh, then... Uh, paired me up with a couple of writers, Josh Sternen and uh, Jennifer Ventimiglia, who uh, I immediately clicked with, and the three of us created the show from there, and we did one 26-episode uh, season with Nickelodeon, and uh, it's, yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Um, it really did turn out um, funny and better than I had ever imagined, and it has all the themes you see in my art appear in Robot and Monster. It was like I just dumped all my ideas into it. You see flying contraptions and blimps and, and monsters and, and weird ideas and inventions. So, Well, uh, going back to what you said a little bit at the beginning was uh, that the monster and robot were having a, a troublesome relationship. But I just find that funny that uh, even a robot and monster can enter the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I think that's the whole thing is, is the, this, the differences, you know, the differences and still, like you said, enter the franchise. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I find that very funny, um, which is good. Uh, you, we, we want it to be funny. Uh, I had a couple of questions. Maybe if you could touch upon, uh, you're working uh, with, with models and then you're working with drawing. I find both accessible, but maybe some people might find it less accessible to work in sculpture, but could you maybe give us a window into uh, how you go from doing a little sample model to getting picked up by a distributor? Um, well, uh, let's see. Well, a lot of times the, um, like, uh, if I was animation, um, specifically, I mean, I had worked with a couple of partners, um, and we kind of, in the 90s, uh, I, w I did art, one wrote, and one partner was kind of a, a producer. Um, and what we did is we kind of just blindly and ignorantly wanted to do these, you know, weird puppet shows and stuff. And so what we did is we got, um, we just kind of got into it. Where I started to draw character ideas. The one partner wrote, and uh, the other one uh, produced. And, and we actually, you know, we're just throwing, uh, would it be scripts or Bibles over people, you know, uh, over the, the, the gate, you know, the guarded gate and uh, getting meetings with people. Um, but then over time, you learn, like, there's, there's kind of a process. There's kind of like um, when you come up with a treatment, and, and, you know, the first thing you do is you, you actually, you know, write three pages, and you come up with all your art, and then um, basically kind of... Um, it, it, it's hard for me to remember because I've been doing this for about 22 years now, so it's <laughs> like how, how to get started. Um, but but a, lot of, a lot of times, a lot of times, to like, uh, well, if you're talking about sculpting too, yeah, um, like sculpting, like sculpting a character from like a sketch to a sculpture type yeah. of thing. Um, yeah, well, that one, that one again, it's it's kind of the same thing. Where the the, the great thing now is, is I feel like there is so much, um, there's so much out there. One, I mean, YouTube videos. There are t so many YouTube videos. 
sculptors, uh, artists. Uh, you can learn almost anything you want to on YouTube. And then two, um, the materials that are available. Uh, I work. I, I started working in Super Sculpey. Um, Super Sculpey is a great medium for getting started because you can. Uh, it's very pliable, easy to sculpt. You can um, uh, bake it in your own oven at home, and it's hard like uh, like plastic when you get it done. There's another product called Magic Sculpt, which I also love, and that is a resin clay where you mix the two parts together and a little different consistency, but then you have about 30 minutes to um, ply mold and make it into um, a character, and then that also hardens to a very durable, that, that air hardens because that's a chemical process. You don't even have to bake it. Um, and then usually if I'm if I'm doing uh, something for like when I was doing uh, a lot of the art toys for some of the art toy companies out here, um, and then what I would do is, is I use a, an oil-based clay called Chavant clay, and that I would use in things that we were going to, um, like uh, if you were going to make a mold out of it, cast something in resin to make a master, then send that off to Hong Kong. Um, so it, it, the material depended on what it was going to be in the end. Um, but I think what a lot of it is, is it's just doing it. It's just, my, my whole thing is you just do it. You yeah. just get some clay, um, start messing with it. Look at some, some basic sculpting videos. Look at some... Um, you, you know, watch some videos, look at, there's tons of great books on sculpting and probably even classes to like, like get started. But really, you can kind of start on your desktop and, you know, even with animation now, there's so many great, there, there's a free program. I was, I had a museum show uh, in Lancaster, California in 2018 uh, that was a retrospective yeah. of, of my art and it was a robot show and it was really cool. Um, and what, what we did was, is, is the, the theme of my show is called Idea to Object, because the whole thing I did was just broke it, broke art down to, it's just, you know, you just start, you just do it. Um, you can sketch on a post-it, you can get a small piece of clay, you just gotta start doing it, you just gotta start making stuff. Um, one of the things I did was I taught a class in the afternoon where we did a real basic animation class. The idea being that I wanted to get younger kids started with just the idea of animation. So what we did was, is I figured out how to make like a very basic character out of, uh, you, you take apart a coat hanger, you draw some cut paper, you hot glue it to the coat hanger, little person that you make. And then there was a free app. I think I was using animation, uh, you know, yeah, I can't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a there's a lot of great free animation apps. Yeah. And you download them and before you you're animating immediately. You're animating a piece of tin foil on your desk. I mean, it's it's when I was 12 I would have loved that. The first time I tried to make an animation movie, I used the family movie camera and I broke it somehow. And we never got it fixed. And I, I never, so I never finished my movie. It was going to be about the Hindenburg. I was going to blow up a Hindenburg, you know, oh, no, model. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that why we want to make movies? Yeah. If we want to blow stuff up with firecrackers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that really uh, answers so many questions right there. I, I, I come from a college background. I have a BFA, and I can tell you, I can let the secret out. A lot of it is that you just have to be so self-driven. You can do a lot of it just on your own, if not all of it, <laughs> to some yeah. extent. It's, of course, it's great to have a mentor and, and have that energy of fellow students, but uh, if, you yeah. can, if it's not accessible, you don't, that's not the end of the world. It's never too late or too early to start, so... No, I think you're right, because what you're saying is, is even in the environment of school, you're more focused on, um, you have your, your community or your friends who are in the same, um, they're learning art, you're doing it, you do have, uh, it, you know, you do have instruction moments, but um, you do have to kind of, you're, you are left a lot on your own to, uh, uh, to work through these things. Um, so, yeah, you're right, it's like there's, there's so many small communities now, uh, kind of almost no matter where you live, where you're going to have that kind of uh, an experience without having to do the whole, the whole uh, class. Yeah. Well, it kind of ties in with what, what, what were going to be my last couple of questions. I was going to ask sure. you if your career is a career that could only happen in Hollywood. And I, I think for some, to some degree, a, a big degree, yeah, you mean you, it really, if you're in Hollywood, a lot of things are going to happen that aren't going to happen necessarily somewhere else. But um, what would you say to that? that? Because you got to do everything, even acting. I mean, you're still an actor when, when you have an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I have a couple friends who are directors, and occasionally I will, um, if they offer me things, uh, I'll do them, but I, I mostly say is I don't have time to do the grind anymore, I can't, I can't imagine doing, like, what I used to do in my 20s and go on audition after audition and all that stuff, and, yeah. you know, I love the acting part, but the auditioning part is just, you know, uh, so, so I, I, I've told my friends who have had me do movies and stuff like that. I just said, you just call me. You're my acting career, whenever you want. <laughs> so, um, but, but again, I, I, I think, well, for instance, I, I started uh, illustrating books, uh, kids' books. I, uh, we did a, uh, Samantha Berger and Mark, uh, Martha uh, Brockenbrough, uh, did, we did a uh, book called Back to School with Bigfoot for Scholastic. Yeah. And that came out in 2016. Um, and we just did the sequel book, um, which I just turned in the first color pass a couple weeks ago. Um, and the interesting thing about that, I bring that up because uh, Scholastic's in New York. And I mean, I'm out here and I don't have to be in New York. I, you know, I, I, I never met uh, the people while we were working on the book. We all worked in different states. That's true. And that's one of the things now is that you really, you don't necessarily have to, like, move to Hollywood to get started because since you can make, um, um, you can learn about the work you want to do, you can make, um, you can learn about the work, you can make work, you can uh, make sculptures, make little movies. I mean, you know, you got an idea for an animated movie, the very least you can do... Um, um, what we call an animatic. That's where you draw the pictures and then you shoot them on your phone if you want, uh, edit them together, um, and lay down an audio track, and, it, and there you go. You have the idea for the film. I, I think anything that you want to do in Hollywood, you can do wherever you live. If you live in Nebraska or in the middle of nowhere in Montana, um, I'm sure Montana's lovely, but I'm sure there's some places <laughs> that are yeah. like the 
even though my, my dad was a commercial illustrator, he wasn't very good at the business end of it, um, so we didn't have much money. But the thing was, though, is that where I grew up around there, I had art talent when I was going to school, but it was kind of seen as, oh, you're a very talented artist, neat, what are you going to do for real, though? What are you going to do for money? You know, it was never respected as any kind of a skill. And I feel like if, if anyone's listening to this and they're experiencing that, uh, the good thing now is, is you know, there, you, you can make all sorts of stuff right where you are uh, with the resources available online. And then, then if you, if it's working out for you, if it's, if it's doing well, um, you, and you get responses and stuff, uh, or you get a lot of, uh, you know, views on YouTube, whatever it is, you can put your stuff out there, then you can kind of like work your way into if you need to make the move here. I mean, uh, the only reason to, to move here is if you're going to work at one of the major studios, um, DreamWorks, Nickelodeon, Disney, uh, you know, any one of those studios um, to do, to work in animation, which, you know, that's a whole track on itself, but I think I, I would treat that kind of like uh, like what you're saying is um, that's something where you should kind of get some formal training in the various um, uh, what do I want to say like the various jobs that are there cause some, um, I'm rambling a little bit on the uh, animation yeah. but, <laughs> but uh, what it is is sometimes people will say to me they'll say I want to get a job in animation but I don't do art and my first response is there are hundreds of jobs that don't involve doing art, and you can still work in animation. And it just takes a uh, great thing is you can just research it online, like look at all the different jobs that are available. And two, if you're an artist, um, you know, and you do want to get into something like animation, there are plenty of programs where you can learn how to storyboard, you can learn to 3D model, you can learn to uh, do character design. Um, and the, the main thing is, is that you you could do all these these things and learn all these things. And but but that's something more like you should learn that, get that down because you know a lot of people want to do it. There's a lot of competition for those jobs. Yeah. So uh, as I as I ask you only in Hollywood, I'm also thinking it back in my mind. I don't want people to think that that's completely true. No, you can do it wherever you are. You really yeah. can. A lot of it, it well, it's a lot of specifics, and a lot of it is self-driven. And if it's a passion, yeah, a lot of factors involved. Yeah, I would rec I would recommend starting wherever you are. I think that's my my main point is wherever you are. Start doing it. You, you do not have to be in Hollywood to get started. Absolutely. Well, I uh, will uh, wrap this up. I don't want to keep you for, forever. I, I not at all. I was going to end with the fact that you had this amazing retrospective, the idea to object, and that the book is available. This was for the, at the Lancaster Museum of Art. And uh, yeah. are there any last thoughts of what lies ahead for, for you or, or thoughts about well, the retrospective? Right. Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think the great thing about the retrospective was, yeah, they made an excellent book. Um, I, you know, I, I, I would hope that uh, we could just keep doing more things like that. Um, uh, mostly right now, I'm just kind of back into, I'm doing this show in, um, for Telluride, Colorado. Um, uh, then what I'm going to do is, is I'm also out there pitching new uh, animated show ideas. And so that's, you know, I'm, I'm like Willie Loman out there with my suitcase just pitching my wares. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, and that's and that's part of that's part of the constant, um, you know, uh, plate spinning as I call it, like you know, illustrating books and then doing art shows and then out there pitching TV shows and basically through all that you you cobble together uh, uh, a living and a career and so uh, uh, I think I think it keeps it interesting. It's not always uh, stable because sometimes you don't know what's going to come up next. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you'll have you know several opportunities before you, and then only a couple of them really pan out to be anything. But uh, but if it's what you want to do, what someone wants to do out there, uh, I think it's totally worth it. Um, you know, if it's really what you want to do, uh, you enjoy it. And uh, I have a, a blog which is called Dave Pressler Making Stuff. Okay. Um, can't say that I've been the best at keeping it up the last few years, but if you if, if people want to see, I do a lot of how-to videos, especially if you go back in the years where I do some how-tos on sculpting, on the how-tos on um, a lot a lot of toy making and, and like how do I make the art that I make. Um, then I also have my my website, which is just DavePresslerArt.com. Very simple. Um, you can go there. I have some merch. I have uh, the new art that's coming out, and so hopefully, all news and, and interesting things will come from there. And hopefully, maybe if uh, you cruise around there, so I might just get a little bit inspired. Oh, you bet. Well, thanks so much, Dave. This has been very informative, and uh, just thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you, Henry. It was really good to talk to you. <laughs>